Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. Appreciate the spirit, worship, people that have been receiving a great touch. And I know we all have struggles and a lot of times we like to put them on something very shallow. Our struggle is with my health. My struggle is with my whatever. And we fill that in. But there are deeper struggles that go on with individuals in this hour. And I know it is easy sometimes to overlook those. And I have been using the Ten Commandments as a template for those struggles and we talked about them the first being is there a God and and my struggle with what am I going to worship that very sense of am I going to put God on the throne and elevate him or what's going to take my time and my energy and my love and my passion and I you say well but pastor you're a preacher and you you should love going to church and you would love being in the house of the Lord but I I am not a a preacher so and I would say to you but he's supposed to be the love of your life thou shalt love him with everything he's supposed to be number one in your life in fact it said it goes as far as to say all your heart all your soul all your mind all your strength and so it's not enough to say, well, that's not my job. If it were my job, well, I would love him. If it were my job, oh no, it's what will I worship and what becomes important to me and what <clears throat> becomes the thing that I look at as important and I'm trying to put God in a box. And then, of course, the third commandment <clears throat> is the struggle with my mouth and I know the Bible is very clear. I didn't read the verses because we know them, but James says, oh, this tiny little member can steer a great ship like a rudder or set the whole world on fire. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> and once you let it go, a lot of folks get burned and you wish you could pull words back and wish you could take them and then you have somebody try to pull a little Bible on you and say, well, out of the abundance of the heart, you know, the mouth speaketh. So I know you really meant it. And I, and I, you know, I want to tell them you're right. At that moment where I was, how I was feeling, I did mean it. Lord, forgive me. I didn't, I shouldn't have meant it, but I did. And uh, anyway, maybe you've never been there. Maybe you've never had to repent like that. But anyway, it's just a struggle, you know, and that, that goes back to taking the name of God in vain. If we are supposed to be representatives of God and we're supposed to be the ones that speak a word of encouragement and promise and uplifting, and do I do that all the time? Sometimes I fail miserably. Huh? But I'm glad the Lord speaks a good word to us. And then, of course, I talked about it this morning, the struggle with time. And I, I know probably all of us have failed this test. 
miserably and <clears throat> maybe, you know, uh, you know, we just feel like we deserve a vacation and I don't need to feel like I'm overcome with work and I'm, I've got those struggles and I, 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 you know, you can say, well, work is a four-letter word and I don't like it. And it is four letters and you may not like it. But the Bible is very clear in the New Testament. It said, if you don't work, guess what? Shouldn't eat. And so what does that mean? Does that mean, I'm not telling you, you've got to go get a job digging a ditch, but do something, you know, redeem the time. If it's, you say, well, I, I can't work. I've heard, I'm injured. Then write somebody a card, send somebody a text, pray for somebody, call them up. Do something with your time. Fold the clothes, wash the dishes. Do something with your time. Don't just sit there and say, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. It is important that we redeem the time, the Bible says, because the days are evil. And you say, well, I don't know. And I, I unfortunately can tell you, I, 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 I met a man and lived in Louisiana who, who could not use, he was paralyzed from the neck down and, and he had to use a pointer in his teeth like Joni uh, Erickson, was that her, who it was? Or Joni, somebody who, he was like that. He had to use a stick to type out every word on a computer, letter by letter, but he was sending, it wasn't emails at that time, but he was sending notes and, and, uh, printing them off and putting them, having them put them in mail. Why? He was trying to encourage people that he knew. Wow! You say, well, pastor, I'm not quite that bad. Well, you know what? You have to redeem the time because that's where we are. And I understand it is easy. And yet the beautiful part of this is the Lord has given us a rest wherewith to cause the weary to rest. And that's when we feel the presence of the Lord moving. Hallelujah. Balls rolling out on the floor. <laughs> Go ahead, Siobhan, you can get them. They're playing fun ball, that's good. That's wonderful here on the front row. Getting in the presence of the Lord opens us up to a rest. That was the fourth commandment, the rest. And I know, you know, we are living in a dog-eat-dog -dog world and a fight and go and we're going to go and get in the little re wheel and the, you know, I got this to do and this to do and this to do and this to do. Make sure you take time for God. Because your soul needs it. He is the Prince of Peace. Make sure you take time to read his word. That's why he said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Why? Not just one day, but he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden every day. Make sure you know how to take time and block off time. Because I want to tell you that there are so many things that are time savers that will steal your time. You know, uh, I, I remember when, uh, you all are probably, most of you too young to remember it, but when 
you know, the, the wonderful frozen dishes. We didn't even have microwaves then, and Salisbury steak, corn, mashed potatoes. And my mom was teaching, going to school. My dad was working. And uh, there was nights we came home to TV dinners and we didn't even have a TV. <laughs> That's my problem now, because I ate all that stuff. I'm gonna sue somebody. We don't have if you're not careful, you've got to enter into the rest wherewith to cause the weary to rest. That's what this is, the refreshing. What we've done around here is the refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Wow. And then the fifth commandment, of course, is about authority. And I know a lot of folks in our society today have problems with authority because parents somewhere did not teach proper respect, did not teach proper authority. They were inappropriate in their uh, you know, they're everything. They, 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 they did, taught their children wrong and they, they did things wrong and it was here, here we are and I get it. And, and yet the Bible says, honor your father and mother whether they were good or whether they were bad. And there are stories in the Bible about some terrible parents. I mean, most of us have never thrown a spear at our kids, but Saul did. And his own son, the guy he wanted to save the throne for, and he takes and throws the spear at him. Here we are in this hour of, you know, saying, what's going on? Well, you know, uh, and I talked this morning about authority and children being obedient and the importance of that and then how Jesus was honored his own parents even though at times they got crossways and so forth and we went through uh, all of that and I understand that we have people today who have problems with authority because of the way they were treated and I understand that and yet at some point you honor them as unto the Lord. You can say, well, at least I honor that they brought me into the world. Maybe they didn't know better. Maybe they whatever. But I guess what? I'm in a part of a new family. And we, I'm a part of this blended family. I've got a heavenly father and he is the one to whom the whole world is named. And that's why I read that verse this morning about that part of that father is our heavenly father. Now, you know, to go one step further, and I know it's six o'clock and I'll, I'll just do one and we'll stop. And that next one is just four words. Thou shall not kill. Why should we not kill? You read it very carefully. Genesis, the first chapter. We are made in the image and in the likeness of God. That's why. Because when you go forward in Genesis and you read about Noah, you get to the ninth chapter 
And up until the ninth chapter, the world, they were all vegetarians. They only ate plants. They didn't eat animals. And Genesis, the ninth chapter, third verse, I love it because he opens the door to eat steak. <laughs> he opens the door to eat chicken. He opens the door to eat all living things now that he has made. But he puts one caveat on it. He says, let me tell you, do not take man's blood. He sets a distinction. Do not, do not shed man's blood. Now I know you may say, oh, I don't understand what that's all about. I, I don't get it. That's not part of something that I need to understand. Well, let me explain to you. That's a very important, pivotal chapter. Because unfortunately, in 2022, a lot of people don't understand that. I have seen people more concerned about their dog or their cat or their rat or their gerbil that have no concern for humanity. What's going on in Ukraine, abortion or this or that, huh? But oh, heaven forbid that I would mistreat that dog. And I'm not advocating mistreating an animal. I don't believe it. I think it's wrong. I don't think you ought to abuse it. I think you need to give it away to somebody or whatever before you take a stick or a gun or whatever. But by the same token, you got to remember, it's still not a human. I understand. I I, I want all the animals to be survive and do well and, and I, I am sad when one dies but let me tell you what's even worse that struggle when you realize you know what I, I, how, can, how am I treating a fellow human you know such a thing as verbal abuse verbal attacks Jesus addressed that and he used this commandment in Matthew. He said, you've heard it said of old times, thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill will be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you, whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause. Boy, that, that without a cause, man, hallelujah. I can get mad because I got cause. Huh? Without a cause. He talks about, you know, shall be in danger of the judgment and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, which means thou fool, shall be in danger of the council. And then whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. What do you say? I'm here to tell you, you know, when, when you... It is so easy, this goes back to the mouth, but it is so easy to get in verbally and to slice and dice and I'm going to cut them up and I'm going to let them know. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Oh Lord, help us not to kill and murder. I hope we are not guilty of treating other humans worse than we would treat our animals. 
Huh? Because there's a big difference in, oh, you know, I, I get it. And I, I, anyway, let, let me just, let me go on. I, this is my last slide. We'll stop. I, it's, it is a sense of peace because what happens, you know why I get angry? Because something's upset me. I, I'm bitter. I've been hurt. Somebody did me wrong. You know, there's no way you would murder unless you were either just totally calloused and lack of feeling, but typically those kinds of folks have been abused and done wrong and mistreated, and I just get this hard heart that I'm not, I'll, you know, I'll let you have it. Oh, this is why this commandment, thou shalt not kill. Whenever I have, when, when I allow myself, you know, to get bitter and angry and frustrated and I, I am so angry that I, I'm going to spout off with my mouth and let bitterness. And that's why hatred and unforgiveness and bitterness, you know, that's why the Lord had John write, whosoever hates his brother is a what? Murderer. But you don't know what they did to me. At some point, you got to lay it on the altar and ask God to forgive you. And walk away from it. What do you say? They did me wrong. I get it. But the longer you carry that, the more bitter you become. Then you will turn that on somebody else. You say, oh, I would never. Oh, yes, you will. Doesn't mean you have to invite them over for Thanksgiving dinner. It doesn't mean you have to invite them over to your house every day. But you've got to be able to land at the altar and say, Lord, you're the judge. I don't know why they did what they did. But why ever they did it, it doesn't matter. I am so thankful that you died on Calvary to wash my mind and my heart and to cleanse me and get rid of the unforgiveness, get rid of the bitterness, get rid of the hurt. Why? Because I I want the love of God and the presence of God to keep washing me. And you know what? One time isn't enough. If you've been done wrong traumatically, it's a, you know, it takes a whole lot. You know, what they call post-traumatic stress. and Got to go through a lot of counseling, and a lot of therapy, and a lot of talking it through. Well, guess what? Spiritually, you got to do the same thing. Lord, I don't want that bitterness to get in me. Yes, my parents, you know, they were ungodly. They were terrible. They were whatever word you want to put in it. But I am so thankful that I found a heavenly father. I am so thankful that I came in contact with the great I am. I am so thankful that I came in contact with someone who loves me, who washes my sins away, who will never leave me nor forsake me, who is not going to manipulate me, who is not going to try to force me. Oh, what a privilege it is. Oh, and I've actually even seen, and I probably, none of you have had it, but get involved, people that struggle with this lack of peace, and they want to kill and they're so angry that they actually get involved in reckless, risky, self-harming behavior. And I've talked to individuals that say, well, I'm so troubled. I'm, I've cut myself. I do things. I, I drink. I, I do this. I do that because I just, I hate myself so bad. 
I have no peace. I have no inner quietness. And yet they don't realize that when Jesus came, the angels sang peace on earth, goodwill toward man. What are you saying? That's why when the man asked the Lord, what's the greatest commandment? He said, you know, love the Lord. And the second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying that there is a peace that is here tonight. There is a peace. I know we've shouted, we've worshiped, we've danced, but let me tell you, you can leave service feeling a peace in your soul that the Lord loves me. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is fighting for me. The Lord cares about me. The Lord wants my best for me. In fact, we know the verses that say, "I listen, if you knew the plans that I had for you, if you knew why I was, I'm telling you, God is on my side. Amen. The powerful thing about all of these commandments is they're not only commandments, but their promises. When the Lord says, honor your father and mother, honor your past. You know what he is saying? I'll honor your past. I know where you've come from. I know what you've gone through. I know your frame. I'll honor that. I'm not going to demand of you more than you are able. When the Lord says, thou shalt not kill. You know what he's saying? God's saying, I'll never choke you out. You may mess up, but you're not going to have me lightning bolting you. I'm going to be there like a mother hen saying, can't you come back? Like I read this morning. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, snakes, generation of vipers. Oh, how I've wanted to put my arms. These, these commandments, while they sound hard, they give us an idea of how loving God is because he's not going to demand more of us than he's willing to do. That's why, you know what? I'll love you. It doesn't matter. Oh, he would, he called Israel. When you read it in the Old Testament, there are times he called them donkeys, wild donkeys. He said, I, I'm going to, I'm telling you, you talk about. And then he would say, they're so pitiful. They're like a little reed, a little reed in the wind that the wind is bent over. I'll pick it up and like a little candle wick that's still smoldering. That's how, you know, you've blown it out and that little bit is still smoking on the end. The Lord said, I'll nurse that back into, oh, what a privilege it is to know that kind of God. Amen. What a privilege it is. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we just come? Hallelujah. Let's just stand I just around the front. Speak Let's the just name. take the